Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith in the New York City metropolitan area. As always, we ask you to download the app, the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app, so you have access to all of our station's content. And hey, if you like what Joe and I do, you could find us uh, two places primarily. Uh, the front line with Joe and Joe on YouTube and at with Joe and Joe at with Joe and Joe on Twitter. Now that Twitter is basically an open platform and we don't get strikes against us for speaking the truth as we do on YouTube. So you could follow us there. And today uh, we are very pleased and honored to be joined by co-authors, uh, Patty McGuire Armstrong and Roxanne Beauclair Salonen. And we're, it's just an important topic. Um, and we are going into the breach, as we always do, but maybe a little bit further today. What would Monica do? That's the title of the book. It's out from Ascension Press. And the topic is finding hope when kids leave the faith. And Joe, as I said, that's a that's a pretty important topic because obviously that's common. We all know a lot of people who grew up Catholic and have left the faith. So um, just a couple of quick bios. Patty McGuire is award-winning author and journalist. She hosts a TV talk show, Ladies of Another View. I like that. That's the alternate to that other show that's on ABC. Uh, she was managing editor and co-author of Ascension Press's best-selling Amazing Grace series. Her latest books are What Would Monica Do? and Holy Hacks, Everyday Ways to live your faith and get to heaven. Patty and her husband, Mark, live in North Dakota, where they raised their 10 children. Roxanne Solonen uh, is a wife and mother of three sons and two daughters. She wears the hats of church cantor, children's author, speaker, newspaper columnist, and communication specialist through her business, Beauclair Communications. You could find her musings on faith and family life at Peace Garden Mama, that's Peace Garden Mama, and ruminations on the writing life at Peace Garden Winter. Ladies, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank nice you. To, nice to be here. Thank you. All the Thank way to, from North Dakota to New York. So uh, And Arizona. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Formerly of New Jersey not long ago. Uh, so let's get started. I'm going to hand it over to Joe. Uh, guys, we always start with the prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother, the word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. Name Say Monica. Pray for us. Pray for us. Well, I've never been to North Dakota, but I know a little bit about it. I know that Roxanne is from Fargo and Patty is from Bismarck, opposite sides of the state. I'm going to tell you a little bit about New Jersey. Northern and Southern New Jersey have a beef and it, it, it revolves around Taylor ham. Do you have, do you guys know what Taylor ham is? 
It's no. breakfast meat. It's similar to spam. It's rather disgusting if I described it to you, but it tastes very good. People in northern New Jersey call it Taylor ham. People in southern New Jersey call it pork roll. So I say that. Is there a beef in North Dakota? Is it the Fargo versus Bismarck deal going on? I know it's on opposite sides of the state. I know Fargo's close to Minnesota. Bismarck, you know, you got the University of Mary. Is there a thing going on over there? Because there is in New Jersey. I think we're pretty much in sync, but there's a little bit with South Dakota in terms of people think when you say you're from North Dakota, they think you're from South Dakota. It's a weird thing. Or they think the state is like the same state and we're just different parts of the state and it's not the same state. So yes. I would say it's more North and South Dakota, but like between the two of us, we're good. All right, all right. Well, glad to hear you don't have the you don't have uh, you know Tellingham no. civil wars. In, uh, you you have the you have the culinary argument. We just get forgotten. We get mixed in with South Dakota. We we have an identity crisis, is what we have. Uh, listen, we could go on a, a long way with that. I mean, people say you're from New York. I was like, I'm not from New York. I'm from New Jersey. Okay. There's a big difference, but we yeah. get lost in the shadows. But anyway, um. So how did this book in particular, how did this book that you wrote, how did this come uh, into being? How do you guys know each other? Give us a little, give our audience here at the Veritas Catholic Network a little background. Uh, Roxanne, you first and then Patty. Uh, well, sh long story short, we have a fellow Catholic writer friend in common who wrote an article about us. Uh, well, it was a Mother's Day article that included maybe like 10 different Catholic moms, and we found each other through this article. And I, you know, North Dakota isn't that big. And my mom actually lives in Bismarck and was raised in Bismarck, was married in Bismarck. Uh, my father's passed away, but I, I make a lot of trips to Bismarck and discovered, um, ended up connecting with Patty, found out that she just lives a couple of blocks from my mom, attends the same parish and we had so much in common with our catholic writing gig and also just big families although patty's beat me by you know she has got double what i have but um and then we would just uh i would check in with her when i came to visit and we discovered we had a shared heartache and it kind of became a focus of our time together and our walks together and our prayer time and just it was kind of a, a topic that maybe we didn't want to share with everyone um but so we kind of kind of tenderly broached this topic of some of our children had left the faith and it took a while for us to get to the point where we felt brave enough to write about it we both kind of ran from the idea but some something sparked it and um we decided this is a topic that people are really grappling with we've gotten consolation from one another and from St. Monica, maybe we can offer hope to others. Absolutely. Patty? You know, when um, when Roxanne first suggested this, I said, no, I'm waiting until everybody's back. Not all of my kids have left the faith. Um, but I said, I'm waiting until everybody's back. But now I see the wisdom. Um, we This is not a biography of St. Monica. It's biographical in that her story is uh, woven in between other stories, scripture, devotions, St. Joseph, um, just everything under the sun. I don't think there's anything we left out. Uh, we went through quite a few brainstorming sessions with the publisher to, to create this book. But I realized that the people whose stories that I have included, whose children left the faith and came back, that you are forever humbled. You are forever wanting to lay low on that topic. Whereas I had the idea that once everybody came back, I was going to write about it. And now I realize. I would never want to write about it from that vantage point because that's one of a how-to manual or of pride and this is what worked for me and in reality we realize that we're not static that that our children are forever making choices and they all have free will and that even i mean i've had some great 
news and things happening since the book came out. But I don't feel like shouting it from the rooftops, you know, necessarily, because I'm just laying low and I'm just praying as I go along, hoping for the best. And because of our writing of this book, we realize more than ever that the best thing we can do for our kids is go deeper in our own faith. And that is one of the beauty beautiful things about Roxanne and I coming together for this book is that we have gone deeper in our faith and we invite everybody else to come along with us. Thank you for that, ladies. Joe Racinello. Let's just lay a little groundwork and then we can get into the book specifically, just in case people don't know. The book was, was released on the, on the Feast of St. Monica. Kind of break down that relationship briefly, just so I, I think it's, a, it's an important thing to know. St. Monica, St. Augustine, you know, great saint, doctor of the church, kind of a bad boy kind of deal. Monica prayed him into the, into the house. Talk a little bit about that, and then we could kind of bounce into the book itself. Well, um, Monica was a mother. She had three kids. A lot of people don't know about her other two kids who stayed into the in the faith. And like Patty, I have some kids who are in and some who are out right now. Um, never forever is what we hope for. We always are hoping that they'll come back. So it's it's a temporary state in our minds. But um, and but Monica was a, a very uh, fervent Christian at a time. It was in the three hundreds, the four hundreds when. Christianity was really new, and she was actually married to a, a, a pagan, uh, kind of a bad-tempered character, so it wasn't an easy thing, and she was taken aback when her oldest son, who was brilliant and, and very close to her, decided that he had his own will and his own mind and started going off in another direction. It grieved her deeply, um, and so she kind of made it her life's mission to win him back for Christ, and so she went on a journey, and um, and, and in that, I think there was a lot of grace involved, a lot of prayer, and, and her heart was kind of changed at different points, and she was humbled, like we've been humbled. But ultimately, after 17 years of, of this uh, chasing going on and, and sort of wrestling this out with God, uh, she, she started letting go. She started surrendering. Um, she started relying on God's providence in other ways, and ultimately, he did come back, not only came back, but he came back in a huge way to the fact that all of Christendom knows Saint Monica, Saint Saint Augustine. Um, the only way she's known is through his writings, is particularly in Confessions, where he kind of tributes in the book Confessions to her and her motherly intercession. And we're just um, she's just such a shining example to parents who are in this veil. She walked the veil and she came out of the veil triumphant, and she died with peace on her heart. And and that's something we all hope for as well. Thank you, Roxanne. Patty McGuire, Armstrong, Roxanne Beauclair, Solomon are joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe and the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're talking about St. Monica, the title of the book out from Ascension Press. Please purchase the book from the publisher, not anywhere else, not big box stores, the publisher. We need to support our, our Catholic publishers along with our authors. What would Monica do is the title of the topic at hand is finding hope when kids leave the faith. Patty, let me ask you a question. It just came to mind as listening to you too. We all know the story of the prodigal son. As parents, should we almost expect that at some point one of our children is going to be the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter? And what I mean by that is this. The son asks the father, he says, give me half of your wealth. Give me half of what I have coming to me. The father just simply gives it to him. We don't really hear much deliberation going on there. The father gives him half his wealth. He gives him his inheritance, and he goes off into the dark place. OK, and the, all the time, the father's waiting by the side of the road. He's looking out into the distance. I assume also he's praying. Should we almost expect this as parents? We don't welcome it. 
Um, but am I, you know where I'm going with that? Maybe you have a comment. Oh boy, am I. Joe, I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. I thought I plugged all the holes. Um, and so I want, I want to just, um, refine that word a little bit. Instead of saying expect, I want to say, be ready. Okay. Don't be presumptuous. I, uh, my kids often went over and above what I asked them to do. Uh, we, we went to daily mass. I had, I had a son, um, going into his third year in college, another son that graduated from high school, two favorite priests were putting on a retreat for young men. One son asked the other one, they went, they loved it. I had no expectation that anybody would be leaving the faith. And, and I want to say, don't expect anybody else's kids to leave the faith either, because a lot of times when it happens to you, I hear people saying, you know, to to uh, parents who have their kids at home and everybody's everything's going well. And so maybe they are a little presumptuous. And they I've heard parents say, well, just wait. Oh, they'll see. And I say, don't say that. Pray for them. Pray that it doesn't happen. The goal is that it doesn't happen. But re- be ready for anything. And remember that God's first children, Adam and Eve, they didn't listen to him. Um, there was nothing wrong with the seminary of the apostles, you know, with Jesus yet. Uh, it has. It was part of God's plan that Judas betrayed Jesus, so that nobody can say whatever happens within the church, whatever happens in the children, um, reflects on the teaching itself. So we we do our best. Um, I did not. I when I first heard the Saint Monica story, a lot of a lot of Catholic parents go to Saint Monica because oh, she prayed for her son for seventeen years and he converted. And I thought, what a terrible story! Seventeen years and you got one conversion out of it. Um, can't, can't, I want to do better than that, but it was on the feast of St. Augustine where our pastor, Father Kramer at the time, was saying that St. Augustine lived in the fourth and fifth centuries, and yet his books are still in bookstores today. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, his mother prayed for him for 17 years, but he has touched all of Christendom since the fourth and fifth century, because he lived, you know, at the end of one, the beginning of another, and his books are still in bookstores. And he's considered one of the greatest evangelizers after St. Paul in all of Christendom. And so then I realized, you know, just just to pray, trust, put everything in God's hands. Um, but she was very faithful. And I want to add one more thing, too, is that it was St. Ambrose who be, was a big intercessor, not his mother, saint ambrose so we pray for those saint ambrose in um in our kids lives and he had told her talk less to your son about god and more to god about your son Mm -hmm. and that is basically the takeaway from our book that is just chock full of of so much more but we are entering into this journey of understanding that if we could have controlled everything it would have had a different scenario but god did give our kids free will and now the best way we can help them like saint monica is going deeper in our own faith thank you for that patty joe racinello this it's clearly a very personal you know subject and because it is i'll share with you you know i think because it touches every family every family i mean like i work at a bank i'm you know i I don't i don't like to say an orthodox catholic because i'm catholic because there is no i hate those labels but i'm a practicing catholic so is my wife i have five kids um my brother looks like he's in the rolling stones has tattoo sleeves and lives in portland oregon he left our family. You know, he comes obviously back, but he left. He's not, does not go to church, nothing. Um, I 
for 30 years after college, I kind of was wild. And then after college, I kind of 22, boom, I, it all clicked. I'm 52, three decades, bam, go to church every day, open to life, married a Catholic girl, five kids, still open to life, the whole nine, believe it all. Um, my brother still doesn't, came from the same house. I tried all types of stuff. I call him every single Sunday, a decade, nothing. <clears throat> I like to think I give a good example, nothing. Zero. Anything I say, anything. It's like I should. It's like I threw a bucket of hot water on his head. No reaction. Nothing. I've come to the point now. I can do or say nothing. Zero. All I do is I pray the Divine Mercy Chapel at every single morning, and the first decade of it, I give my brother to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That's all I can do. I could do nothing in my hubris. I thought I could do something. Example, calling, not none of it, zero. At that point, all I could do was that. And I say this, and I'm interested in both your comments because you, you know, you wrote about it, you know, infinitely more than me. Um, isn't that what it's all about? God does everything. Like we could fast and we can pray for somebody. Ultimately, God touches the heart. We could intercede through fasting and praying, but we don't have the magic formula. First, Roxanne, then Patty, you could, you know, comment on my story of woe. But that's what I've come to, you know, after two decades. Your thoughts? Lots of thoughts. First of all, you don't have to be a parent to understand what this book is about. Um, you can be a brother like you were. And I, and I, I, my heart goes out to you because uh, I, I understand that pain and that desire to bring the graces. Right. But yeah, ultimately we can't do it, but we can do things beyond what you suggested. We can love, we can be a, a brother, a sister, a parent. Uh, we can continue to be in relationship. And unfortunately we have to let go of what that relationship might look like. But I wanna tell you, just like you said earlier, Joe, when when the, the son went off, the, the father waited and was still there. And I know that's really, really hard, but there's lots of things we can do in that waiting time. And, and you touched on the one, which is prayer and surrendering to God, which is huge because yes, it's God that changes the heart. Another thought that comes to mind is when someone leaves the faith, they leave the family. You know, I have a, I have a sibling that left the faith and even though it's it's she's still in the in she still believes in God, but it's never going to be the same as far as um, that family relationship and our faith. The faith is such a part of of our family history, and so there's lots of different levels of grieving that are going on here. But again, I think it comes back to that relationship, and I'm glad you figured out that it's God that does the work. I just quick story. Just last night, um, our youngest son was fighting going to confession. We wanted to get him there before, you know, the end of the the year here before Christmas, and um, he was he was really wrestling. And I and I knew that that wasn't of God, and I just was as patient as I could be. And I think eventually his heart was worked on. I, I just turned to God at that point and asked for graces for him. And he ended up going. And not only did he go, but he came out and said, mom, and I thought he was going to say, see, it didn't work. It didn't matter. He said, 
that was that was better than I thought it would be. I, I feel so much better. And I that wasn't anything I did. I was the I was trying to be patient and wait and pray. But God, I think, is the one that came in and found the opening and got into his heart. And it's it's that's all I want for Christmas. I, I have my son going to God and, and being blessed and receiving absolution. So we do cooperate with God, but it's also God, you're right, that does the ultimate work. And, and to surrender to that is something that brings us closer to his throne as well. Patty, your comments. Well, you know, whenever you read conversion stories, they happen in different ways. We have in our book, Father Don Calloway and interviewed his mother. I actually first interviewed him when he was a seminarian and was blown away. I, 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 I uh, ghost wrote a lot of the stories for the Amazing Grace book. And so I did a four-hour interview with him. And then when his book came out, it was even worse than I. I thought, you're you're like the worst. And I think that's why <laughs> I told him that. I said, I think God found the worst person he possibly could and because it was an overnight conversion, so that everybody has hope. In our diocese of Bismarck, we have a bounty of young seminarians, young priests on fire. But I'm telling you, I'm at least, I don't, maybe around half have siblings that aren't practicing the faith. Um, one has one, uh, a father who is Catholic and a mother who isn't. And um, I, I've gone to first masses where there's a sibling in the pew that doesn't go up for communion or doesn't receive communion. And you, and, and I, and I jokingly said to one of our priests once, father Jason, he was talking about, he was almost an atheist. His parents were divorced. His mom left the faith and married a Lutheran. His dad didn't was basically a couch potato and didn't practice anything. And now he's a Catholic priest. And afterwards I said, you know, father, I listened to your testimony and I feel like saying, no, fair. That is not fair. <laughs> I did everything I could. Your parents didn't do anything, and you're a priest, and my, I have kids that aren't even Catholic anymore. I said that kiddingly because I, I get it. I get how it goes. Um, but, but your story, Joe, is a beautiful story of you getting to the point where we're at. Like We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We get it. We get it. We share that same desire, and we recognize how helpless we are that even though we have the truth, sometimes the truth isn't enough. That's why in the beginning you think we're going to talk them into this. They're going to see how how mistaken they are. We're going to talk about miracles and apparitions and uh, and the beauty of the sacraments. And for some reason, there is a wall up that we cannot get through. We can't get through it, but God can. And so, like for instance, Saint Bartolo Longo, who was a Satanist that came from a Catholic family. His life fell apart. And we know that when the people we love, maybe their their life is falling apart in some way. It's not what we want for them, but we know that may be happening so that God is stripping away the things that are getting in the way of their relationship with him. And then we put our trust in him and we pray all the more. But once we, I really think that coming to the point of helplessness is a point of, it's a powerful position to be in because humility is required before we really, before the work really begins. And when I listen to you, Joe, talking about what you're doing now, it is such a testimony of love and faith that I think that you are doing more now than you ever have. That's very nice think, of you to say. Yeah. And, and uh, Patty Armstrong, Roxanne Solonen, were discussing uh, their new book, What Would Monica Do? Finding Hope When Kids Leave the Faith. Um, I think we have time for one more question before the break. Joe, why don't I hand it over to you? <clears throat> Ultimately, I think, like, why people, because I could look at myself. I mean, I had good parents. I was a very wild guy um, as a young guy. And then to, to a degree, my life 
uh, in college, spun out of control, and then boom, I, it all clicked. I think why people leave, people have a lot of excuses why they leave, but under all the excuses, it's one thing that we don't know. We don't know what's going on inside of people's hearts. We sincerely don't. I think ultimately the best thing we can do, and we could carry this on on the other side, is is just give a good example. I've seen that with the missionaries of charity. I was very close with them. I still am, but now I have my family. But before I was married, I was their driver for seven years. I always feel like they prepared me for marriage. It's my like it's almost like I was in religious life in a sense. Um, they people change around them, and they don't like you know, recite the Bible at you. They just give such a good example. I mean, to the point where it's, it's it, your mouth drops how they love. Um, I think that's the best way. That's my opinion. I'm interested in both. I mean, where it's selfless beyond comprehension and people that breaks that wall that you talk to, even the hardest person, the person hard headed, nasty criminal type of person could be like oh my gosh i can't even believe you <laughs> you know what i mean your roxanne, your, roxanne your thoughts on that well i'm, I'm going to come back to saint monica she had a hard-headed husband that was not kind to her most of their marriage and he wasn't catholic but he was ended up being catholic both him and his very difficult mother-in-law that lived with them she was very hard on monica Monica had to use all the grace that God gave her to endure that and to continue being kind-hearted. And she did that with other people too. Even while her son was running away from God, she turned to other people in her midst who needed God and they were drawn to her. She was known for drawing people to Christ and finally her own husband and, and mother-in-law. So yes, the, there's power within us as we draw closer to God, but ultimately he does the work and he's doing hidden work. So we can't just because something looks like something, just because your brother might look a certain way or or have that posture of, you know, of a defiance, that doesn't mean that God isn't answering your prayers. It might just take a while and we can't go with our timeline. We have to go with God's. Patty Armstrong, your comments. You know, one thing that we haven't mentioned, we did talk about St. Augustine being wayward, but um, we really talk about the story uh, of St. Monica is very much our story, even though we're separated by over 1,500 years. He went away to school. He came back with a girlfriend and an out of wedlock, out of wedlock child in a new age type religion. Sound familiar? Sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> <laughs> that that there's a lot of that going around, um, and so so we really can relate with Saint Monica, and we talk about some of the tools that we have that maybe we haven't full, fully utilized. I mentioned humility. We have a whole chapter on humility, the power of that, um, the sacrament of confession. We have a whole chapter on spiritual warfare how can we engage in spiritual warfare with all we've got fasting confession we, we have um interviews with exorcists that tell us one confession is worth more than 100 exorcisms and how we ourselves you know we weren't perfect where, where are the ways we can apologize where can we stop being angry because anger and uh, you know you you disagree you're frustrated Likely there might be some arguments or hard feelings. We have to learn to let that go to love, to draw them in with our love and our prayers and go deeper because um, there are so many spiritual tools, including our pain. So we have a chapter that's called It's Not All Bad because the pain that we're experiencing, the sadness, 
Uh, maybe the embarrassment if we're in Catholic media and our kids aren't even, some of them aren't even Catholic. Use that. Don't even waste your low-level suffering. Catholics understand the power of offering things up. That very person that is causing you pain, give that back to them as a gift. By aligning that pain with the suffering of Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I'm giving this back to you for the love of my son or my daughter or my parent. We have come across people whose parents are the ones who aren't practicing the faith um, or your sibling. Give that back to them as a gift so that you are wholly giving over everything over to your intention. And then you step back. You don't give God deadlines. You don't tell him the way this should go. And you don't get angry at him because, hey, I've been... I've been praying for him for 10 years. So I, I um, listened to Father Benedict Rochelle once. He used to have a Sunday night show on EWTN that I only ever watched for maybe five or 10 minutes. I never Patty, I'm going to ask show. you to hold the, okay, hold the story right, right. on Benedict Rochelle. We're going to take a quick break at the front line okay. with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Rosanello. Very honored to be joined by Patty McGuire Armstrong and Roxanne Beauclair Solonen. We're discussing their new book, What Would Monica Do? Finding Hope When Kids Leave the Faith. You're with us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. This is a great conversation. We wanted to hear Patty tell the Benedict Rochelle story, so stick around. We're going to be right back. Catholic Radio works, and now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic Radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So, let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and His Church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. We are way in the breach with Patty Armstrong and Roxanne Solonen. We're discussing their new book, What Would Monica Do? Finding Hope When Kids Leave the Faith. That is out from Ascension Press. We implore everyone, if you're going to buy the book, we would love for you to buy the book. Uh, please buy it from the publisher. So now, before the break, Patty was about to tell us a story that was told by uh, Father Benedict Rochelle, where Joe and I are both very close. Uh, to the Franciscan Friars, the renewal. So we're dying to hear this one, Patty. I'm handing it over to you. Well, that message was meant to me because I only ever had a show on for five or 10 minutes. I was getting ready to go somewhere. And the show was on agnostics and atheists. And he was taking in callers. And somebody called up and said, well, I've been praying for, you know, whoever the loved one was for years. And I have not seen one difference. I don't see the slightest change that my prayers are making. And Father Grishel said, God will administer the graces at which time they will do the greatest amount of good. I thought, wow, that's very powerful that we should not be counting, looking, um, ex expecting certain things. God will administer the graces at which time they will do the greatest amount of good. We saw with St. Monica, those 17 years of prayers, they were not for naught. They ended up reaching into 15 over 1500 years of all of christendom through his conversion and one other one other thing i was praying before the blessed sacrament once and our two oldest were away from the faith and i was thinking well, how long is this going to be before they come back and i really felt god saying to me that your prayers are a net and when they come back they won't come back alone i have two boys who've been away from the faith planning to get married in the church their fiancés are considering taking instruction in the faith there are children involved that would be brought into the faith and and so like i said i don't want to be presumptuous but just rest in that knowledge that your prayers every <clears throat> single one counts and they will be administered thank you for that patty joe Rasinello. you mentioned father benedict um 
I, I don't want to say I know him or knew him, but I am close with the order. I just want to throw an aside. I think he will become a saint. Honestly, that was a very holy man. I'll give you just one instance of that. Um, I wrote him a letter once. He didn't know me from Adam. And at the time, I was going to India with the sisters, and my parish kind of linked up with the poor parish, and they were giving them money. So I wrote him a letter, and I said, would you bring this priest, if we bring him on, would you bring him on the show? Doesn't know me from Adam. One given day. My phone rings. It's Father Benedict Rochelle on the phone. Doesn't know me from Adam. He's like, Joe, I, I it was like almost like the voice of God. I almost fell down. I, he was just like, I can't do that, but I want to give you $1,000. He doesn't even know me. Doesn't know me. I'm like, no, Father, I don't want your money. He's like, I'm going to give you $1,000. And he wrote me a check for $1,000. That's no lie. That, that dude guy. was a holy man. I always say it. He will become a saint. I, I honestly believe that. Ladies, I have a quick question. Um, this is I don't mean to make this like a, a curveball or anything like that, but just out of curiosity, in your experience, in my experience, those who leave, I see, I didn't practice the faith, uh, full disclosure, for about 20 years. Uh, I'm going to say from my mid-teens to my mid-30s, so maybe a little over 20 years. I was never anti-Catholic. I just wasn't practicing the faith. When I thought about going to confession during that time, I'd be like, eh, I got to go to confession. That means I can't do that anymore. And I can't do that anymore. And I can't do that anymore. And I want to do those things. You know, I was the prodigal son. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not being overly dramatic about it. I was the prodigal son. I wanted to live in the dark place. Okay. Cause I was having fun. Um, but I wasn't anti-Catholic, but what I've experienced and what I've seen, and I love your comments on this is those many times, I don't know if this is, your experience in your families. Um, but what sometimes, I think many times, uh, those who leave the faith are become particularly anti-Catholic, especially if they turn to atheism, uh, because then it's not like they're they're somewhat religious and oh, I believe in God. They become the exact opposite. I love to know if you've experienced that and what your thoughts are on that. Like it's almost like a requirement. If you're gonna leave the church. Then you have to attack the church. Um, is that something that you've seen? Roxanne, I'll start with you. I just think of the internet and how that has changed the conversations. Um, I had a time of kind of wandering or not being sure too in my college years. I was searching, and but I didn't have the internet to be my parent to tell me what I should be thinking about. And I think a lot of these kids are influenced by that. I mean, it is a reality in today that the the internet has more influence than the parents because, you know, the, the other thing too, is there's a lot of estrangement going on, which is just baffling to me. Kids are not only leaving the faith, they're leaving their families and 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 they're they're turning away from them because of politics or whatever. And, and I just think, man, you know, there were some years in there where I was kind of separating from my parents, trying to be my own person and trying to find my own life. But I would never think of abandoning my parents like you know it's just there's a different phenomenon happening and I think it's because and again I don't want to say the internet's bad we're using it right now and as a communicator we we rely on it and it, it is a reality but I think that Satan also has his grasp on it and I think he has yeah turned young people away to be to take a more merciful bend one of the things that occurred to us as we were writing this book is 
to try to get into our children's hearts. They are trying to enter a world right now. Like they have to survive this world in a way that we're kind of past it, right? We, we've done all of that. And we're on the other side of it now, kind of looking and going, what's going on? But they are having to, this is the world they're having to enter and be successful in. And so we can kind of look at that and understand the the you know, the challenge they have before them and just hope that at some point God brings them back to humility, you know, um, and, and it's a scary thought because I know we've had the thought of what is it going to take to humble them and to, to help them see clearly again. And yes, I would say that in my family, there, there are some na very negative feelings about Catholicism. But the thing is, here's another important point. My husband and I have grown closer and our faith has grown stronger. My husband's a convert. And so it kind of took him a little bit of time to kind of catch up, I guess you could say. And there were some years in there where he wasn't as faithful, wasn't, you know, maybe as uh, fastidious about going to mass every Sunday. But that has changed. Seeing his children question and, and walk away from God, at least for a time, has really, as a father, um, that has really touched his heart and he's realized I got to step up my game here. Um, so, and we have also started praying together every night. I know Patty and her husband have, have a, a, a daily prayer routine. I think keeping, keeping the, the couple, you know, but I guess what I'm seeing is this, this issue has brought us closer together and united us as a family in some ways too, and actually strengthened our faith because we want so much to bring our kids to heaven. And so th there can be good in that too. And like a call, a call to deepen our faith and also to, to draw closer to our spouse and be that Thank united you. front. Thank you for that, Roxanne. Patty, your comments on that. Do you see an, do you see like an anti-Catholic anger for the, from those who walk away from the faith? What, what's your experience? What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh my gosh. I saw a meme once. I thought it was so funny for, from an atheist. This is the atheist perspective. I don't believe in God and I hate him. <laughs> right. I, so, I mean, that's really, it's not just, I mean, some of those memes have a lot to say and that's one of them. I yes. don't believe in God and I hate his guts. You know, go ahead, Patty. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, I was in the wild club, but I didn't know it. I, I called it adventuresome. <laughs> I thought I was off on an adventure. I didn't think about going to confession. It never occurred to me. Like you're, you were ahead of me on that one, Joe, because you thought about it and decided not to do it. It's like, I, I, it never even crossed my mind. And I don't even know how long it was when I finally went back. I was saying the rosary and I started thinking, oh, I guess I should go to confession. Um, <laughs> it was quite a few years. Mine was based on ignorance more than a rejection of the faith. I, I thought if I went to church once in a while, look at how good I am. And I, I would still pray. I believed in God. I wasn't rejecting Catholicism. I just was totally uncatechized, didn't really understand, really living what I thought was an adventuresome life. Um, and so it took me a while to get my ducks in a row and uh, and then start to pass it on to our children. So Mark and I did, my husband did grow together in the faith. Um, you know, it was a long and bumpy road, but boy, is it smoothing out. We say a rosary every day. We say the auxilium Christian orum prayer every night together. And we, just last week, we did a four-day retreat at the Sacred Heart Church in Fruita, California, or not California, Colorado, where we have a son and his fiance who attended for a couple of the nights. And I thought, only God could do this. Have my son and his fiance sit there and listen to us for an hour and a half to two hours every night talking about the faith. I never in my wildest dreams could have created this situation. Um, and But like I said, I, I'm not uh, presumptuous. You know, they, they are um, planning on getting married in the church, but it's, it's, it's got a 
it's got a long and winding road that they're the ones that are going to have to uh, follow it. And I can't do that for them. I can just, I can just pray them along um, and, and hope for the best. And so the thing is a lot of times when your children move away from the faith, um, some are, are loving them are embracing them is enough, but we do have one child who is an atheist who thinks because the culture is going so far left that thinks that the Catholic faith should be canceled, that we're bad people for what we believe in, even though it's with the same people. I had one son that said to another one, mom and dad haven't changed, you have. And what he used to respect in us, now we see as bad things, you know, because we're not, because we're against the whole transgender insanity, because we're not for same-sex marriage. So the culture has decided to convince them that we should be canceled, that we're bad people, that we're unloving. So, you know, we just have to keep praying and keep loving. But yeah, Joe, I see it. I see it up close and personal. Uh, one thing I, I will admit to, and I, I agree with all of you, okay, that yes, and I've, I've had experience. I'll spare you the story, but with a very dear friend of mine, I think, I think, and he was, we were partying together for that 20 years, okay? And I think that the way I'm living my life convinced him to go to confession. And I feel that it was not me preaching. Just as an example, he asked me one day, um, where, where, where would you go if you're going to confession? And I put him in touch with um, one of the priests, uh, one of the Franciscan friars, and he went and gave a good adult confession. And I talked to him. Uh, he's back in Jersey. I'm in Arizona. Um, but, uh, and I talked to him, and he's, he's in church. He, he's, he's changed his views. He's not argumentative. He bought into everything you just said, Patty. And plus, there were personal things that, like with me, he just didn't want to hear about. I don't want to hear the Catholic Church on that. OK, and I do. I would like to think that it, it my example was part of, you know, him coming back to the faith. I wasn't preachy to him or anything like that. I, I got married. I have a foster son who's going to be an adopted son. I'm living more of them on the straight and narrow and trying to live according to the way the church teaches. And he sees me happy. And I know it's a big theme for Joe Racinello on the show is they have to see our joy. They have to see our joy. So that's my little my little rant. Joe Racinello, where do you want to go? couple things comments on that and then take it in an, in a different direction um all those things that you mentioned we all have people in our lives childhood friends family who took the left hand turn all those decisions don't work see that was part of my you know coming back is i tried it my way i did doesn't work doesn't work and god's way works even people in the church and I'm not going to go in this direction. I, I, something that resonated deeply with me when I say people in the church, clergy, I am the vine, you are the branch, which means I listen to you. Your way works, mine doesn't. I'm not interested in your PowerPoint. I'm not interested in your plan. I'm not interested. I'm interested in what the church says. I paint by numbers. I'm like Forrest Gump. You say so? It's the way it is. I don't know anything. And I think I learned that by trying it, the, doing the wrong thing. And I believe in that. And because God said so, it bears fruit. All those things don't work. It collapses. And we sometimes have to wait till that happens. And naturally, hopefully it clicks. Now, how does it click? Something that you said, Patty, praying together, the rosary. I pray the rosary with my wife. Every single night I've been married nine years, there has never been a night that I have not prayed the rosary with my wife. I have five kids. 
they're young. I can't get them to pray. I you know, and and my rosary is not exactly smooth. Um, we who's fighting, throwing swords, craziness, toothbrushes, <laughs> insanity. My house is nuts, but we pray the rosary. That is fruit. Fruit will come from that. I want to talk about the rosary, and I'm interested in both your comments because I am a firm believer in the rosary, the Blessed Mother. That is what families need to do. Pray the rosary, and that will bear fruit in God's time. First, Roxanne. I think Patty should go first because she's a huge advocate of the rosary. I, I'm a slower uh, to come to the rosary, although I do love the rosary. I also love the Divine Mercy Chaplet. But Patty has a, a rosary story that I think needs highlighting. So, Love it. Go ahead, Patty. Well, um, I didn't learn to say the rosary until my early 30s. And then just, you know, the apparitions of Fatima, Lourdes, where the Blessed Mother told us to pray the rosary every day, I thought, I need to learn this. Um, I had only prayed maybe two rosaries in my life. So I began praying the rosary every night. And um, so you don't go from A to Z all at once, but it was like the beginning. Then we started not missing mass every Sunday. We started going to the mass. Um, we still had some rough spots, convinced my husband to have a vasectomy, but then we had the same dream. I thought, oh, wait, you know, we need we need to have more children. He had a reversal. You know, all along, we're praying the rosary every day. So, like, how could that happen? Because we didn't have all the pieces all at once. But we just kept steadfast and praying the rosary every day. And then one night, I was so tired. We just had a new baby. And um, Mark used to get up real early in the morning to go to work, like 4.30 in the morning. So during the weekday, he was... Um, sleeping in the guest room. And one night I put um, our son Jacob down to go to sleep and he woke up and I'm so tired. And I thought, oh, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to be able to stay up and pray the rosary tonight. And then I heard a book fall off my, I have a headboard with a bookshelf and I heard a book fall and I thought, oh, watch, it'll be the, it'll be the Bible and I'm going to feel guilty for not saying the rosary. And I look and it's the very book that I read with the Blessed Mother's face looking up at me that convinced me to say the rosary. And I thought, whoa. Um, so I said the rosary. Well, the next day I told, I told uh, my husband and the boys who were then like, I don't know, um, maybe five and seven years old, the older ones. And then I just like, wow, isn't that a big coincidence? So it was several nights later, same scenario. Uh, Jacob wakes up again and I'm so, so tired. And I'm, I'm like, I, I finally get him back to sleep. And I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to be able to stay up and say the rosary. This time my eyes were open and I see the book. I'm not making, I'm not moving an inch. I'm not making any motion. And I see that same book come out of the bookshelf, tumble down, face up with the Blessed Mother's face looking at me. And I thought, oh my goodness, like, God knew I wasn't going to say the rosary and the same thing happened, but I saw it with my own eyes and I knew I was going to tell everybody the next day. So what I did is I took the book and put it back in the bookshelf. So it was sticking out. I was hanging out of the bookshelf and then I shook my headboard back and forth just to see what would happen. That book didn't, the, the bookshelf moved back and forth. The book didn't fall out. There is no doubt in my mind that book fell out. And I want to say like my talk show, ladies of another view, it's a secular talk show. I used to write for the National Enquirer. I wrote for Woman's World for 10 years. I went into Catholic writing. I was asked to do this talk show. And I thought, okay, wait a minute. What's going on here? Why would I go from the Catholic world to the secular world? But I can I can reach people. I've had a Bishop Strickland on. I've had an exorcist on. I had 
Monsignor Rosetti on, who's from your area, who's an exorcist, and he talked about the rosary. And only one time he was being attacked by uh, the devil. And he realized, he just said he got hit by this force and he knew right away what it, what it was. He grabbed his rosary and it immediately stopped. And he said he prays the rosary every day that this is the power. This is the power to defeat evil beyond um, beyond human understanding because she is the woman who will crush the head of the devil of, of the of, of the evil one because of her humility because of the power that Jesus gave her that he came through her to get closer to us and the blessed mother said to pray the rosary every day so it's like we we do it and it has had great power in our own family and at least brings us together with my husband and I and and I get it I mean our kids even when they were young, we would often pray the rosary. We would have a day of the week, Sunday and Wednesday. We'd always do it together. And I get the swords and the, you know, the goofing around, but you know, you just, you just uh, power through it, right? Power, th power through it. Patty Armstrong, Roxanne Solonen, we are discussing their new book, Finding Hope When Kids Leave the Faith is the topic. The title of the book is What Would Monica Do? And that's out from Ascension Press. Um, you pretty much you pretty. I was going to ask you about the culture of death, and obviously, um, that's something that we're 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 immersed in right now. That's part of the reason why Joe and I. Well, I would say the main reason why uh, for Joe and I to do this show um, is to uh, is to you know speak up and fight back against the culture of death. It's very real. It has a pull on a lot of people. I mean, we're talking about children leaving the faith. Okay, um, as a Catholic family, would you could uh, aside from or added to the rosary and a, and, and a, a solid prayer life, um, what, uh, what other resources do you think that families could use uh, in this spiritual battle? Because ultimately, that's what it is. Roxanne, your thoughts on that? Well, I'm going to kind of go in a little bit of a different direction, but but it's kind of it's still speaking to your point here. Um, you you guys were talking earlier about different things as dads, as men, and and we kind of cover this in our book. the The power of a praying father and a and a man in someone's life. I'll give you an example. I have had such a desire in my heart to to have known conversions that I've helped affect, but my husband, who's still kind of making his way into the faith, he's actually had people come into the faith or rely re one time it was we were at a funeral and he he's a band guy he plays the guitar and so he had all these music guys it was one of their uh someone that they knew that had died and he, it was a catholic funeral and my husband the very act of like kneeling at the funeral mass it ended up making someone come into the faith or come back to their faith. And I'm like, no fair. <laughs> kind of like Patty was saying with the priests who were raised with parents who weren't even attending mass or whatever. It's like, I've, I've watched people respond to my husband. And I guess I just wanted to say that as an encouragement to men out there. We, we, we talk about St. Joseph in our book and you guys are both named Joe and he is a powerful intercessor. But I just think um, men, a special call to men. I'm not saying that women don't have a part to play here. We absolutely do. But ultimately, like Patty was saying, it was St. Ambrose who had the effect on St. Augustine while St. Monica was just being a mother in the background, loving her son. Ultimately, that's what we need to do for our, our loved ones is to love them, to be strong in the faith. But I think men have a special, uh, a charge, you know, in the St. Michael prayer and leading us into battle. And when you talk about the spiritual warfare and the, the culture of death, 
I just want to say we we respect that as women. Like we know you have a special gift as heads of households and as as people that God has put in charge of leading people in the culture back to Christ. So that's kind of what I'm, I, I just say the St. Michael prayer every single day, being consecrated to Mary, which I am saying that renewal every single day. And, and just again, and also having hope, I think having hope, um, not giving up on, on the idea that God keeps his promises and, and it's going to turn out well, but we have to be faithful for ourselves personally, for our souls and to lead others to him. Patty, quick comment on that, if you don't mind. Okay, yeah, you know, I want to speak to the people who maybe don't have husbands, or maybe their husbands aren't on the same page. Remember, St. Monica's husband was not on the same page, was a very bad example, because he was a womanizer, and God can make up for what is lacking. That's why we have St. Joseph, um, that we do have St. Joseph, we have God the Father, we have Jesus, that um, don't despair if you don't have a strong father in your child's life. Pray for whoever their father is. Pray for their father figures. Um, but keep putting your trust in God and don't despair if you don't have all the pieces. And we do have a whole chapter on St. Joseph because we can all turn to him. Thank you for that, Patty. I think that's a very important thing. Yes. Terror of demons, patron of fathers and workers, um, you know, litany of St. Joseph. You mentioned Father Calloway earlier. All right. And, you know, we had Father Calloway on a couple of years ago uh, talking about that. We need to look to St. Joseph. All right. And Catholic men in particular need to do that. Joe Racinello, we probably have time for one more question. So we got to keep it. We got to keep it tight. I want to talk about hope. Roxanne used that word. God could do anything. We have to think big. You know, we put God in a box. We could do anything, anything. I'll be truthful with you. It's a miracle that I'm doing this. My friends in college, they'd be like, you're the last person that would be doing this. But I am. God could do anything, and we have to believe that. Both of you guys comment on that, because he can. Anything. Ladies, just to let you know, we probably have about three minutes or so overall, so just to give you an idea, because uh, unfortunately it's radio, and then we're going to come to the end of the segment, uh, which is a shame, because we could talk for hours. But Roxanne, please. Really quickly, my son Nicholas was just in a serious car accident on the feast of St. Nicholas. His car went off a bridge, a walking bridge and went 20 feet down. He was upside down in the car and he survived. He has a, a broken back, but he's a 17 year old kid who uh, was, was basically cushioned uh, on either side in the car. And so when you say God can do anything, absolutely. And I saw it on December 6th of this year. So praise God. He works in invisible ways and powerful ways, and he's very mighty, and he wants to save the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Patty, go ahead. So, Joe, yeah, my my friends from college would be like, are you serious? She's she's a Catholic mom that goes to mass every day and has 10 kids. Yeah, they would be surprised. God can do anything, and that's why we included some, um, you know, a couple of the conversion stories in there that people will go, well, if God can do this, yeah, he can do anything. Absolutely. Uh, so, ladies, just to wind it down, uh, Roxanne, first of all, let our audience here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network know where they can learn more about what you're doing um, and, and whether it's social media and then and then Patty. RoxanneSolomon.com for my work, as well as Peace Garden Mama um, on Twitter. And um, go to Accession Press slash Monica and you'll get our book. And we also have a Facebook page, Catholic Parents, What Would uh, Monica Do? Uh, when ch when children leave the faith, come join our group. If you're in this situation, we'd love to like commiserate with you and give you hope. Thank you for that, uh, Patty. 
Um, my blog is Patty McGuire, M-A-G, PattyMcGuireArmstrong.com. I write for the National Catholic Register. If you put your, if you put my name in with the National Catholic Register, you'll see a lot of my most recent books. Um, and I, I guess, I guess that's the best way to find out what I'm doing. All right, that's awesome. We want to thank you both so much because obviously this is very personal. Um, and as we talked about, there's, there's, there's pain involved in this. There's offering up that suffering to our Lord. And we know that there's a lot of people out there that are going through the same thing. So I know I'm speaking for Joe when I say that, you know, it's, it's very, what you're doing is very brave to put it all out there because you're trying to help other people. Let me give Joe a final comment and then we'll bring it. We'll do. We'll get yeah, Joe. Well, you guys are great. I'll be honest with you. Cause uh, you, you know, to be truthful with you, you're holy women and, and it's beautiful to see. Um, and, and just to piggyback off everything you guys are saying, like anyone could change, never give up on anyone. I think people, especially you talked about the culture, Roxanne, people write people off, write the friend. No, that's one thing my mother taught me. You don't write your brother off. You don't write them off. You don't write anybody off. You love them in simple ways and let God work. You worry about you strive to be holy anyone could be holy it's a choice we make each and every day god will do the rest joe Rasinello, thank you for that so ladies you are welcome at the front line with joe and joe anytime we want to thank you so much uh patty armstrong and roxanne solonin please go out and buy their book what would monica do you could buy that at ascension press thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it thank you god bless you Oh, thank you. God bless you. I just want to say, I think you two are amazing. I'm going to always be listening to your show and all. You're so talented. Thank you for having us on. Thank you so oh, much, Patty, for saying so. And thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. We would ask that if you like what Joe and I do, we have our social media show where these interviews are posted after they are broadcast on Veritas and also our uh, political and cultural commentary where we go live 9 o'clock Eastern time. Where you can find us primarily right now is on YouTube at The Frontline with Joe and Joe. The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube and at With Joe and Joe on Twitter. At With Joe and Joe on Twitter. Please follow us there. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>